Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. So we're doing a series on Christmas stories. And it's kind of scary because we think of the biblical stories as just stories. But they're real people. They're God's stories. And they're, they're told that you can have an encounter with God. Don't just push them aside and say they're a story like Mary had a little ham or some poem or some story. But these stories in the Bible are so you can have an encounter with God, a God encounter, that your faith can grow, that you can receive because they were people just like you. And we'll, we'll show some of these things and we'll explain some of them as we go through these, these series of stories. But set your heart that you're going to encounter God. Amen? We want to encounter God. So, Father, we thank you for an encounter with you today. Reveal yourself uh, like never before. And, Father, let us see and know the truth that, of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we, we're looking at Isaiah. I'm starting off. You know, Isaiah was born 700 years before Jesus. So, here's some facts that are undeniable. I'm just starting off with some crazy facts, okay? 700 years before Jesus. And so he prophesied. He was an Old Testament prophet, and he prophesied that Jesus would come, that he'd be born of a virgin. We'll kind of go through some of this. And it came to pass. Now, you could say that Jesus, you know, read the Old Testament because if you read uh, Psalms 23, anybody know what Psalms 23 says? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Does anybody know what Psalms 24 says? Psalms 24 is what Jesus was on the cross, and he said, Great bulls, demon spirits are around me. My Lord, my Lord, why hast thou forsaken me? He's proph- That's a prophecy of what Jesus did on the cross, okay? Now, Jesus could have read that and said that on the cross, but Jesus couldn't make himself be born of a virgin, be born in Bethlehem at that, could he? No. So, you know, people try to refute things. And you even have TV shows on, on I'm going to go ahead and say it, idiots like Nostradamus. And you can't make heads or tell of what that rascal said. It's most confusing, and they're trying to, oh, he's a prophet, talking about Germany and talking about this. They're trying to make, they make that stuff up. This is clear, precision, precise prophecies of the Messiah coming. It's undeniable. Where are the TV shows on this? And as we look at some of these things, I mean, Isaiah uh, was 700 years before the birth of Jesus. He brought hope, the hope that would be embodied through God's servant known as Emmanuel, God with us, who will one day establish a new Israel, God's kingdom on the earth. Remarkably, Jesus does just that, fulfilling 300, over 300 prophecies. Okay, so I give you some more statistics. Look at, your, look at your notes. One per person fulfilling eight prophecies is one in, what number is that? Anybody want to give it a guess? That's a trillion. That's more than a trillion. Gazillion? Come on, it's back in elementary school stuff. Huh? One in eight. Over 300. Look at the next one. A person fulfilling 48 prophecies is one in chance of 10 
by the 157th power. One person fulfilling 300 plus prophecies is Jesus. Somebody said that it's like covering the state of Texas in silver dollars, two foot deep. And then you hide some coin somewhere in the state of Texas and you take it off walking across the state of Texas and you go and you pick up the coin. You dig down and pick up the coin that was hidden. No. This stuff's real. Okay? If, you know, we, we, want, we don't have to wrap our mind around it because even Isaiah said that, that we could believe without seeing that we could know without having former knowledge. We just know it's true. Guess what? I knew it was true as a kid. I didn't know all these. Nobody explained all this to me. I, I mean, that's mental ascent trying to figure out that, that God is God. But you can know. You know, the, he also said that God would write his word on our heart. I mean, I've, I've read the Bible and went, I already knew that. How did I know that? The Spirit of God lives on the inside of me. He's my God, my counselor, my comforter, my help, my peace. And he teaches us things. He teaches us right from wrong if we'll just listen. Uh, how many of y'all uh, could relate to the video? You ever argued with God like that? Me? Yeah. You ever talk to God like that? And everybody's like, what are you doing in there? Just leave me alone. I'm talking to God for a minute. This is, this is real life. You see, he, he just didn't uh, just, oh, uh, oh, the Spirit of God came on him and he just wrote blindly. No. Him and God's having a conversation, just like God has a conversation with you. See, this is, this is where you've been missing it. God's been speaking to you your whole life, and you, have, you've been th you thought it was you. Because I, I went back, and, and the Holy Spirit showed me where I was. I thought I was arguing with myself, but I was arguing with him. He was trying to show me my next steps in life. And I was arguing, I'm not doing that. Ah. But you do it because God's leading you. And see, the thing about it is we want to put God in the mysterious. And God's not mysterious. The Bible says that you can know him, that you can have an assurance. That, that, and Romans 8 says that the children of God will know his voice. The sons of God can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Isaiah did not have the Spirit of God on the inside of him. The Spirit of God rested on him. But you as a believer have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, Christian. Hey, and he can rest on you. He can rest on you. He can rise up in you. But he's always with you and he's always in you. Somebody said if you recognize that Jesus is with you always, it'll keep you from a lot of sin. Because you look back, there he is. He's with you. How many of you clean your house when you got company coming? Yep. How about cleaning this house? Because company's always with you. Just trying to say, okay, all right, I'm quit, quit meddling. I don't step on you. We need to clean our heart up, right? So, so only Jesus fulfilled that. So let's look at number one. Isaiah talked about the birth of Jesus. We're going to look at these scriptures that you've heard before. And, and we're just going to look at these real quick, and I want God to reveal some things to you. And so, his birth, Isaiah 7, 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That is God with us. That's what I'm talking about. The Spirit of God's on the inside of you, Christian. When you accept Jesus Christ, 
Jesus, you accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit baptizes you in the body of Christ. He comes to live in your heart. You become a child of God, Emmanuel, God with us. Yes, Jesus became flesh. That was God with us, but he's with me. He's with you. He's with you every day. God with us, amen? And so as you look at Isaiah 9, 6, for unto you a child is born, unto you a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor. There's that Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with just, justice, judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord uh, of hosts will perform this. I want to back up just for a second. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. A son is given. And when I say son, let's talk about sons and daughters just for a minute. When you become a child of God, you become a son of God and a daughter of God. Not the son, but a son. The Bible says that Jesus is our brother. God is our father. That's family. That's family. Anybody ever heard the saying, blood's thicker than water? Blood's thicker than womb water. We always translated that we're blood kin, so... Bless God, my, my family, blood's thicker than water. I'm going to take family side. No, no, no. It's covenant term that the blood of Jesus is stronger than the womb water you was born in. Oh, I'm no longer my mama's son, even though I respect my mother because I'm taught to, or my father. I'm a child of God. Because of the blood of Jesus, I'm a child of God. A son is given the son was given that we could have sonship, daughtership, that we could be in the family. Isn't that awesome? Come on, can you receive that? You know, a lot of people can't. Well, you know, I, I'm not worthy. I'm not good. At, no, it's not about your worthiness. You're going back to the water you were born in. It's the blood of Jesus that makes you worthy. Come on, we've been washed in the blood. The blood of Jesus makes us sons and daughters of God. My daughter's sitting on the front row over here. She has done some stupid stuff. <laughs> Look at that mouth. I did some stupid stuff when I was a teenager. But my mama was still my mama, and my daddy was still my daddy, and I'm still her, mom, I'm still her daddy, and she's, she's still got a mama. It doesn't, it, you know what? I told him, even if you go to jail, I'll come visit you. But I, you know what? You're still going to be my son and daughter. I ain't going to be pleased with you. How many know that when you become a child of God, you can do stupid stuff that God's not pleased with? But you're still a son and child. Come on. We got to repent. We got to clean up. We got to act right. God loves us. I'm trying to help you this morning because you, you, we struggle with this. Well, I'm not worthy. I guess it's, I, I wonder what's why is all this bad happening to me? I guess I'm not good enough. It's not nothing to do with it. You got an enemy trying to keep it from you. Look at Daniel. Prayed, and the, the, the Bible says that the enemy kept it from him for 21 days. We have got to change our thinking. We go back to who we, well, you know, we the McClary's. That's just how we are. You spit, and, you know, I, we'll fight it. It was a little town, a community where I grew up called Shake Hat. And you know what? You shake your hat, and somebody would fight. 
And as like that preacher said, you know, he'd preach at a drop of a hat, and nobody would drop the hat, he'd drop his. Huh? But my point is, is we're not who we were born to be. We're born who, who we were born to be in God. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. That's what I'm talking about. The old things are gone. Now let's put on the new man. Say it with me. I'm putting on the new man. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I'm putting on the new man. Yeah. It doesn't matter if your wife goes or your husband don't go or, you, you know, you got to put on the new man. That's what will change your life. That's what will set you free. That's what will help you is putting on the new man. It's, the Bible says to renew our mind. We have to re, that's putting on the new man to think like God thinks. Do you know what, a God th- what he thinks about you? Well, I don't know. It probably ain't very good. See, that's what I'm talking about, and I'm dealing with that. Not with me, with you. Because we are thinking is wrong. Oh, Lord, it's all as a bad happen. It's not God. God's a good God. But you know what? And God can do anything. Amen. Where's the amen on that? God can do anything. All right? God's a good God. Give me an amen. God can do anything. Give me an amen. Now, here's a hard one. God can do anything for you. All right. Now, do you expect him to do anything for you? Great. Because what am I really going after? Your identity? You, what do you identify? Do you identify with God? I'm, I'm bounce over. We're going to talk about that next Sunday. You see, Mary's story is coming next Sunday. Ho, ho. Mary had great faith. And so as we look at these stories, this is life-changing stuff. We, we are children of God. You see, the son was given to make us sons and daughters. I'm going to stay on this just for a little bit. Is that all right, y'all? Because some of y'all are not getting it. He came to make us sons and daughters, family. But you know what? Even with my dad, when he said something, I went, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. How about when the father, you know, last Sunday we talked about Thanksgiving is a, com- how about it's a commandment? We don't look at the word as commandment sometimes. Be baptized is a commandment. Received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is a commandment. I'll receive that. I'll take that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, to the Father. Respect. Honor your father and mother. If you're to honor your father and mother on the earth, then you should honor your your father, God. How about his son, Jesus? Amen? So we're sons and daughters. It's been paid for. The blood of Jesus did it. Let's go to number two. Let's look at his life just for a second. Now, what, what does the life of Jesus got to do with me? Well, let's look. Jesus grew and he learned from his heavenly father everything the heavenly father wanted him to learn. Isaiah 11, 1 through 5. And there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, a branch that shall grow, grow out of his roots. That means that, that Jesus' lineage would be from Jesse, the father of David. Uh-huh. Remember blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thou son of David. Come on, it was important that he came out of that lineage. It was prophesied that he would. Look at verse 2. 
The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. How many of you know the Spirit of the Lord rested on Jesus? The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Verse 3, his delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by his hearing of his ears. Hold on right there. And that's the next scripture I have is Isaiah 9, 6, is that the Lord looks at the heart. Remember he told Samuel, I don't look at the man, I look at the heart. And this is what God's talking about here in verse 4. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity of the meek of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be uh, the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist. You see what happened in this is that Jesus is the Messiah. Just like in the video, they were looking for the king to come and set them free, not a meek, mild baby with the power of God. You see, if a child can be growing wisdom, and if you go to Luke 2, verse 40 and 52, it says the child grew in wisdom, stature. The child grew in the grace of God, the favor of God as you read those you know what? If Jesus grew in the faith and the stature and the wisdom of God, guess what? You can. How many of you have the favor of God? If by faith, everybody should raise their hand by faith. Whether you feel like you got favor or not, you got the favor of God. You need to activate the favor of God. How many of you have the wisdom of God? Come on, lift your hand by faith. I've got the wisdom of God. Huh? If Jesus at 12 years old could, could, could ask questions that just bum-fuzzled, I'm going to use that's a good country word, bum-fuzzled the, the Pharisees, huh? That brought, like, man, where do you, what, what kind of question is that? Where are you asking that kind of question? At 12 years old. Hmm? At 12 years old, he had the wisdom of God. Do you know that your kids can have the wisdom of God? My question to you is, is when your kids present the wisdom, are you going to walk in it? Are you going to go, I've seen it. I've seen kids say, I believe this will happen, and their parents just shut up. And I'm going, that's the Spirit of God right there, and you're quenching it. Come on, recognize that even a child can lead you. Because that's where the scripture in Isaiah says that too, that Jesus as a child could lead. At 12 years old, he was full of wisdom. Do you know, uh, I'm, I'm quoting, see, Luke 2.52, that scripture says that he grew in stature. That means that he grew up as a man. Do you know that we had Ken Blunt come here two years ago? His son was short, and his growth spurt never did happen. And he's like... I'm frustrated, but he found out that scripture where Jesus grew in stature. He goes, I'm going to stand on that. I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow. And at 17, he grew a foot. He's 6'2". He's taller than his daddy. Huh? If Jesus grew, you can grow. If Jesus grew in wisdom, I don't care how old you are, you can grow in wisdom. The Bible says, and James said, if you lack wisdom, ask. Are you asking? Well, I just don't know that answer, so I'm not even going to pursue that. That's a mistake. 
How many dreams have we laid to the side because we couldn't see ourselves doing it? Because we couldn't see ourselves knowing how to do it. So we couldn't see ourselves pursuing that because we see ourselves as grasshoppers. We see ourselves just like the children of Israel. We see ourselves as grasshoppers, not able, but we are able. We need to be Joshua and Caleb. We're well able. We have the wisdom of God. We have the counsel of God. We have the peace of God. We have the joy of God. We've got God. We can take the land. We can start a new job. We can start a business. We can buy a house. But we, but we go back. I can't buy a house. Oh, walking by sight. What was the word that, that, that we had last Sunday for somebody to believe for a house? And our sister got up and read that you'll live in houses you didn't build. I'm living in a house I didn't build. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Hey, hey. You, yeah, if you bought a canned good before, you're eating from a garden you didn't plant. Nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I don't know. The Holy Ghost is on your mind today because, you, you, you know, dealing with your mind, your thinking's wrong. Let's change our thinking. That with God, you know, we got it somewhere probably on the house. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is that scripture real or is it just something that's just a cliche? I can do all things. I can receive healing. I can walk in the glory. I can have favor. I can have a greater measure of the presence of God. That's what glory means. I walk in the room and the whole atmosphere changes because God's with me. Not because of me, but because God's with me. Well, you know, pastor, you're just bragging now. No, I'm not. God's with you. And where God's at, he's, he's let him be in charge. Because you have a will that you can quench the spirit. That's right. You and I can quench the Spirit of God, but we ought to let him go. Joy, whether you feel like it or not, peace. Go after it. Pursue peace. My, 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 he grew and he learned all the Heavenly Father wanted him to learn. Because, see, we chase the wrong things. Isaiah says in Isaiah 50, why pay for things that doesn't bring life? Why chase things that aren't going to add to you. Why not come and eat bread that will cause you to live? Why not drink wine? Huh? It's talking about spiritual things. But, I mean, I can change the oil in my car. I can change the spark plugs. I can change the brakes. I can change the tire. I can probably change it. You know, I can, I can put a spare tire on probably in five minutes, you know. I'm not a mechanic either. But, but we chase certain things, and we go after hobbies and things like that and wash things instead of pursuing the things of God. And I'm sorry. I, this is not a candy-coated Christmas message, is it? I'm sorry. But we want to encounter with God. We want to encounter with God. This is how you encounter him. You go after him. But we go, well, God, won't you do something? He's done everything. He sent Jesus. He gave us the Bible. Isaiah didn't have a Bible. He had the right to argue and like, I don't get this. This don't make sense to me. Well, you know, we, can, we got it all put together for us. Knowledge is abounding. The mysteries are being revealed. 
Glory be to God. We can hear the Holy Spirit. Even for answers that you can't find in here that Tim Gollimore is supposed to, to buy a new car next year. That's not in here. But he can be led by the Spirit of God to buy a new car. Time to get rid of that old one. Or he can be, you know what? I'm going to obey the Lord, whatever the Lord tells him to do. He has an inward witness. Okay, all right. We'll keep going. <laughs> Number three, glory be to God. We're about to get into some good stuff. His ministry. In Luke, the fourth chapter, and we're not going there yet. We're going to Isaiah 61 if you want to turn, but look. Jesus took this scripture, took this scroll, and he read it. And we're going to read the Old Testament version right here, and then we'll read what Jesus read. And look, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. Good news. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen? So, so, this is the scripture talking about Jesus. Now, this is Jesus. It's also mixed in what's going to happen in heaven, too. Those in Zion, those in that and the other. But let's go to Luke, uh, the fourth chapter, and let's look what Jesus read. But let's set it up where he just came from. So look in Luke 4 and verse 16. I'm sorry. Yeah. So he came to Nazareth. That's his hometown. As you say, we came to Withville, where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Jesus went to church. I'm going to put that out there. It was his custom that Jesus went to church. You need to go to church, okay? It was his custom to go to church. And he stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, written, and I'm, to, I'm, I'm doing this for a purpose. Now, Jesus had just, had just came out. He was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted. And he came back and he preached a couple of places. Then he went home. And this is what he read. And he was handed the book. And, but he stops in a certain place. And let's look. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Are you preaching the good news to the poor? And he sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he stopped, wrote it up, handed it back to him. Why didn't he talk about the vengeance? It's because right now we're in grace. This is the dispensation of grace. Now God's vengeance is coming, but it ain't here yet. Now, hold on just a second. Just because we're in grace, it doesn't mean you don't reap what you sow. You sow to evil, you're going to get evil. You sow to goodness, you get goodness. 
But how many you know you just let the boat go, it's not going to end up good? Do you know if you, has anybody ever canoed down a river other than me? If you don't paddle, that canoe's going to go wherever the current takes it. So let's look at us in the world. If we don't control where we go, the world's going to take us where they want to go. And you see it. And that's not the vengeance of God. That's we're reaping what we're sowing. We're not voting right. We're not talking right. We're not preaching right. We're not taking a stand. So, so as, as we live through life and we don't set our course, we're going to live by the word. We're going to be a son of God. We're going to be a child of God. We're going to have the wisdom of God. If we don't, we're going to live life like this. And we're going to bounce off every bad thing and know oh, everything's going to happen. And we're going to wonder, why is the Lord doing this? And the Lord said, set your course. And he said, I'll make a way for you where there seems to be no way when you put your life in and do it my way. Amen. He'll make a way. Come on. So, so, and you know, how many of you know it's, it's best to do it God's way? Yeah. That's a, I, I, you know, I find myself saying that too much. No, I can't say it enough because we end up doing our own thing. And we get off course. God wants to redirect us. You know, t- turn left, your GPS said. Turn left, turn left here. Turn, turn, all right, U-turn, U-turn. How many of y'all living in U-turn? U-turn, U-turn, U-turn. That the Holy Ghost is talking now. And so, so we want to set our course and follow God. And we want to be in the grace of God, the favor of God, the love of God. God's always one. Turn, come on back, come on back, come on back. See, walking in life is you want to have him by the hand. And you want to be a little bit behind him. Don't want to be out front. You know, when my toddler grandsons get out front, they trip and fall. But if they hold my hand, I, even if they trip and fall, I got them. Come on, reach up. Reach up and hold God's hand, somebody. Say, come on, just take him by the hand. You got to do it every now and then. Lord, I need you. Because we end up doing our own thing, our own thing, or we follow the world. Now, Jesus said, I've come to preach the good news. Guess what? So have you. You've been called to live it, to walk in it, to preach the good news. God's put good news in your heart. Good news, in our, you ought to be, have good news in your mouth. We just came out of Thanksgiving, huh? Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, complaining. Complaining is not good news. No, to be thankful. How many of y'all have set your course? I'm going to live thankful. Come on. Not just on Thanksgiving, I'm going to live it every day. And we need to set our course. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be thankful because gropping and complaining doesn't change anything. But the Spirit of God is upon us, for he has anointed us. Y'all know what anointing means? It means poured out on you. The wisdom of God has been poured out on you. The grace of God has been poured out on you. The Spirit of God has been poured out on you. Well, I don't feel it. Doesn't matter what you feel. Start declaring that it's yours. If let's go back to the GPS. I'm picking on Tim today. He's got a grandson in Florida. If he took off driving to Florida, I'm going to Florida. I'm going to Florida. Going to see my grandson. He's not there yet, but I'm going. Got great joy in his heart as he goes. I'm going to see him. I'm going to Florida. You're not there yet. You just didn't, you ain't even made it to North Carolina. But I'm going. I'm going. 
Notice that's the way faith talks. Faith sees, faith knows, faith talks, faith believes. I'm going to make it. I'm going to Florida. Oh, and, he, and you know, he gets out and puts some gas in the car, and he does this right here, does a little dance because he loves his grandson. I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. You know what? The promises of God are yes and amen. You may not see them. You may not feel like the Spirit of God's on you. That's a promise. But the Spirit of God's on you. And you need to say, all right, the Spirit of God's on me today. I'm going to walk in the Spirit of God. I've got wisdom, revelation, knowledge. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I'm a child of God. Oh, it's mine. So we're changing. We're changing. See, this is why Jesus came. This is the story of Christmas. It's the good news. Christmas is good news. The Savior has come. The Savior has come. Our champion is here. Our champion. He won for me. He won for you. He's our champion. Glory be to God. So, so as we look at, at, at these scriptures, he said he ended in the book of the Spirit of the Lord's pump because he's anointing me to preach. Preach is proclaimed. We think preaching is standing in the pulpit. We're Americanized. We go to church on Sunday. We hear the preacher preach, and we go home. Amen, that was good. Oh, he was on my toes or whatever. But, pro, but preaching is proclaiming. Man, Jesus is Lord. I just preached. And you can go to work and preach. Jesus is Lord. Hey, man, Amen. God loves you. I just Amen. preached. God loves you. Oh, what's wrong? Let me pray for you. Let me pray. I'm preaching again. How about, how about walking with the presence of God? You're preaching. Because you know what? People can't hear what you say for how you're living. So how you live is preaching. So he sent us to proclaim. And when the Spirit of God's on you, you're going to walk different. Your head's up. Come on, your head's up. This is when you start looking at yourselves when I'm no good. No, you're a child of God. You were bought. By the precious blood of Jesus. Are you saying that the blood's not enough? Are you saying that Jesus is not enough? Are you saying that God's not enough? See, we got to go back and look at how we're thinking. When you start looking at yourself, you are weak. But where he's weak, you're strong. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, though they are weak. He is strong. He is strong in our weakness. I don't know what to do, but I know the one who does. It's all right to recognize your weakness, but don't stay there. I know, don't know, but I know who does. I may be weak, but I know he's strong. I don't have it, but he does. He's going to help me, and I don't care what it looks like. He's my strength, my shield. He's the glory and the lifter of my head because he wants me to look at him. Amen? All right, I'll give you permission to get up and dance if you want to or jump. But. <laughs> Let's get into the real deep. See, Isaiah is talking about and teaching us who really Jesus was. How many of you grew up like me that Jesus was the Son of God? He died for your sins, and you need to accept him, and that's it. And I did that at eight, but I found out there was a whole lot more to it. I found out not only did he die for my sins so I could go to heaven, but he also died that I could receive the greater things of God. Okay, so let's go to number four, his sacrifice. 
Isaiah truly saw the wonderful things the Savior would do for us. The gospel teaches of his atonement, which makes it possible for us to become new in Christ. But the atonement was not just for sins, but for everything. Salvation comes from the Greek word sozo, which is really spelled S-O-Z-O. You want to say sozo, but it really encompasses your mind, your body, and your spirit. I mean, you know that you have a mind, that you are a spirit, and you have a body. Everybody know that? Because we're looking at your body, but I don't see your spirit. And so we're, going, we're looking at your spirit. God's spirit, man, is, going to, is what God quickens. God speaks to your spirit, not up here. But we live up here, don't we? Uh, it's 11.20. I'm getting hungry. That's up here. That ain't in here. My shoulders hurt. Your body ever talk to you? My shoulders bottom? If you, can't, if you don't know that your body would talk to you, just run up that hill. Just when you get out of church, run up that hill right there, and your body will talk to you. It will tell you, stop. Oh, your side starts hurting. Your knees start You start shaking. You ain't never, because most of you don't run up hills. I don't even want to walk up hill. Let's get in the car and drive. That's your body. Your body gets hungry. You need to eat. How about the famous phrase of all the teenagers? I'm starving to death. No. You got several days before you die from starvation. You just ate 30 minutes ago. But that's, isn't that a teenager? The girl, my daughter's, my middle daughter, her friends would come in and they would graze through our cabinets. They're eating cereal, potato chips, and I'm like, what? Y'all don't ever eat at home? We're starving. I got to go to the grocery store now. And so they're making oatmeal and everything else. And I'm like, this is 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But my point is, your flesh would talk to you or your mind. They didn't speak to me. Oh, they must be mad at me. That's your mind lying to you. No, they had sardines last night. They're not feeling good. It has nothing to do with you. But your mind will run away with you. How many of you know your mind will run away with you? And if you don't watch it, your mind will always go to the worst. Nobody likes you. Nobody loves you. Oh, you know, they hate my, everybody hates my bangs, you know, oh, golly. We, we, we go to the worst, and that's where you got to train. You renew your mind. The Bible says renew your mind. And, and Isaiah 53 starts dealing with everything that Jesus did. And if you start looking at Calvary and what he did, it started before the cross. It started in the garden. When you sweat in blood, Jack, it's happening. The pressure on his mind, the stress, you think you're under stress because you can't pay the water bill or the light bill. Jesus took the, the stress of the world, and he sweated great drops of blood. The atonement began. His sacrifice began. Matter of fact, he said, Father, take this from me. He said that for us. Because there are times when we're going to be under pressure and we feel like, Lord, take this from me. And the Lord said, what did he tell Paul? My grace is sufficient. I got you. My grace is on you. You're going to make it. You're going to be all right. Just stay the course. Oh, Lord, help me. No, stay the course. I got you. I'm with you. I'm your strength. Remember, I'm your shield. And so let's read Isaiah 53 right quick. There's a lot to read here. But I'm going to throw in some things. 
Isaiah 53, 1, who has believed our report and to whom the arm of the Lord has been revealed. If you believe in Jesus, the arm of God has been revealed to you. And you know what? It's always being revealed more and more and more. That's what this story is about. Let God reveal more of what Jesus has done for you. Who has believed our report? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Remember Isaiah, the video we saw. Jesus was just a normal child. But everybody liked him. A root out of dry ground. He has no form or splendor. Now it's coming in to, to where he was beaten. He has no form or splendor or calmness. And when we look upon him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. How many know that Jesus was beaten beyond recognition? Hmm? Anybody other than me ever had a black eye, ever had a swollen lip? And my, my, I'll go back to my grandsons. Brittany showed them a karate movie, and I come in, they all have puffed up lips. They've been kicking and punching each other. I said, you can't show them that stuff because you see you act it out, don't you? But we need to get a vision of who Jesus is and act that out. So, calmness and see him. No beauty we should desire. In verse 3, he was despised and forsaken, rejected by men. A man of pains, sorrows, and acquainted with sickness, grief. And as we hid, as it were, our faces from him, and he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Did look at verse 3. Did you notice I added, go back to verse 3, I'm sorry. You know how he despised and rejected? You see, I, I'm, I'm giving you the definition, despised and forsaken. Forsaken means rejected. A man of pains, that's sorrows, acquainted with sickness, that's grief. Sickness. He took sickness upon him. He took pain upon him. And we hid our faces from him. You, you know, if you ever watched the movie The Passion, you, you can't hardly stand to look at it. Surely he has borne our sicknesses, griefs again, and carried our pains and sorrows. Yet we reckoned him, esteemed him, stricken, struck down, and smitten by God. And afflicted. So stop right there. He was stricken by God. God would do that. He did that to him for us. He struck him with sickness, with pains, with sorrows for you, for me. As horrible as it is, that sacrifice once and for all saved us. Delivered us. One of my favorite Bible scholars is Rick Renner, and he, he did a study. And you know why the Romans hated the Christians? It's because they didn't sacrifice every day like they did. They sacrificed every day. How many of y'all would like to have a place in your house where you kill a bird or a chicken or a dog or something to, to appease your God and have some stinking blood in your house all the time? No. I'll go ahead and tell you, you don't. But Jesus once and for all sacrificed for all mankind. That sacrifice is enough. We don't, that's why we're not killing lambs and, um, and you know, red heifers and everything on the altar because Jesus was the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. Amen? Yeah. Say, so thank, thank God. His blood is enough. So he was stricken by God, and his sacrifice was more than enough for even Hitler's sins. For the worst person you can think of. 
It's definitely enough for yours. Mine. More than enough. And, and did you know that that blood is still on the mercy seat today crying out for you? It still cries out for healing, peace, health. Let's finish reading. Verse 5, right? But he was wounded for our transgressions. And we, he was wounded for our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. That sins again. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Hold on just a minute. Has anybody ever been made fun of? Anybody ever call you names? Anybody ever picked on you? Yeah. Jesus was picked on. They covered his face. They plucked his beard out. They covered his face and then they punched him and prophesied, who hit you, prophet? It's chastisement. Anybody ever been made fun of being a Christian? You go down there in that church? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? You can have peace when it happens because Jesus paid the price. But when you, have, you are chastised for your hair, your eyes, your ears, your color of skin, whatever you're chastised for or you feel chastised, God wants to give you peace for it. Jesus paid the price for it. What does that really mean? If I gave you the keys to my truck and said you can have it, drive it, and you never drive it, whose fault is that? Yours. Jesus has given you salvation, peace, joy, healing, everything that encompasses salvation. Are you driving it? Most of you haven't cranked the car. Let's crank the car. Let's crank it up. Let's talk about our salvation. Let's enjoy it. Let's turn the radio on. It's cold. Let's put the heat on. If it's hot, let's turn the air on. Everything you need to get to point A to point B is in Jesus. Sickness is going to come. It's going to come. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Sickness is tribulation. How you deal with it? You going to crank the car healing? You going to turn the fan up wide open? <laughs> huh? You going to turn the radio up and praise? God's my healer. Raise a hallelujah. Even when you're going, I raise a hallelujah. That's when it counts. Because it's easy to praise him when you feel good. It's when you don't feel like getting out of bed, you got to get out of bed and raise a hallelujah. Okay. You got to get out of bed, Cody. <laughs> Woo, let's go to the next verse 6. With his stripes we are healed. Healing is in the atonement, folks. You can't deny it. Well, you know, that stuff's passed away with the disciples. No. No, 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 no. Then everything else has too. And Jesus, his resurrection fulfilled everything. Paul said, we're most men miserable. If he's not raised, then none of this is real. But he's alive. And so this is what happened before. He says, we are like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And that's why we've been dealing with our own way all morning, haven't we? We want to do it our way. We want to do it God's way. The Lord has laid, him on, uh, laid on him the iniquity of us all, all of our sins, sins that you even think about. You know, grace, people say, well, we're covered by grace. Why can't we do anything? Grace is tougher than the law. 
The law said don't commit adultery, don't steal. And well, I haven't done any of that. He said, well, if you've done it in your mind, you've done it. I heard a story of him. This guy planned to rob a bank. He had the plans and drawings. He planned every night, I'm going to rob this bank. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to rob for 10 years. He, probably, he never did. But he planned it in his heart and in his mind. He's in iniquity. He's in sin. You ever met somebody eat up with lust? Golly. Look. <laughs> it ain't funny. But they're always looking. Lust for money, lust for, for uh, the opposite sex, lust for sex or whatever. Some people just eat up with anger. Christ paid the price for it all. Jesus did it and had a right to be angry, but wasn't angry. Let's keep reading. In verse 7, he was oppressed and was afflicted, yet he, and hear what we just said, he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before the shears is silent, and he opened not his mouth. He could have called down angels and took care of everybody, but he goes, this is God's plan, and I'm submitting to it. Now, now when I say stuff like that, I, I want you to, to understand you know Abraham, uh, God told him to go sacrifice Isaac. Anybody heard that story? And so he's proven that man is worthy enough for God to send his son. He asked for Abraham's promised son. Jesus was the promised Messiah. I'm saying this for the reason. Abraham got everything in the knife up, and the angel said, Whoa, Jack, hold on. He pretty much all had done it. But he saw a vision of, of, of he thought was Isaac being raised from the dead, but that was Jesus. Now, I'm going to say in that to say this, God will not ask you to sacrifice your son. That was a one-time deal. Jesus bore everything on the cross so you could be free from it, not that it's the will of God for you to bear it. I'm trying to help you. But a lot of people say, well, the Lord put this on me. This is just my, my cross to bear. No, no. And you know what? You have desires to do sin that I don't. Maybe I have some that you don't. But that's still not God's will for us to live in sin. We have to put our cross and bear our cross and put it on the cross. Do you got to lay your sin at the cross? Get rid of it. What, what is, is lust a strong desire? People have strong desire to do wrong things. We ought to have strong desire to do godly things. And they have got, so God's got to be number one. God's got to be stronger in you than the sin. But if you focus on the sin all the time, and you know, you don't, that's where preachers are missing it. As they focus on the sin, you're going to hell because you're in sin, you're in sin. They're trying to get a reaction to get somebody to the altar. When we need to focus on Jesus and putting him number one, your sins will be taken care of. The Lord said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So we got to lift. This is what Jesus did. This is Christmas. He died for you to be free from sin, to break off your addictions, to break off your sins, to break off lust, to break off whatever you strong desire. Quit looking at it and start looking at Jesus. Get your eyes. You know what? 2020 is coming, and everybody's on it, and I'm on board too. You need 2020 vision. If you don't, we have a good doctor in here that will give you Glasses, commercial break. She's an eye doctor. But, but, but wait a minute. We need 20-20 vision on the Lord. 
If you focus on God and set your heart to 2020, I'm, I'm living for God all out. Woo-wee. I'm going to do a Jed Clampett. Woo-wee. Your life will be blessed. If your focus is on God, you can't go wrong. Doesn't matter what comes down your way. Do not lose your focus on the Lord God. And we're going to talk about that, you know, first week of January, or maybe the whole month, but, but let's finish this sermon. So he opened not his mouth. Jesus could have called down angels, but he didn't. Verse 8, and he was taken from prison from judgment. And who would declare his generation? He was cut off from the land of the living. And the transgressions of my people, uh, with the, for the transgressions, he was stricken. This is all what Jesus did. Isn't it awesome? Verse 9, and he made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased him to crush him or bruise him. He was crushed, and he has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Man, prosper. If you put your hands in the hand of God, you're going to prosper. Just say it. Jesus laid out, and I really like this. See, there's, there's always hidden mysteries, types, and shadows. He shall see his seed. He, he shall prolong his days. Guess what? Jesus was the seed planted. On the third day, he rose again. He grew. That's what we are. He's, he's the firstborn of many brethren. I'm looking at many brethren. He's the firstborn of you. He was planted so you could be born again. Come on, he was the seed that was put in the ground that you could become a child of God. Okay, okay. We'll just keep going. Verse 11. We've got two more verses. And he shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. Uh, my righteous servant shall justify many, and he shall bear their iniquities. Come on, we're justified. Oh, what, the, what does that mean? That means that you're not, it's not held against you anymore. Well, I've done this and this and this and this and this and this, and you get down. Oh, you quit, get out of your past. You've been, just, you've been set free. You've been justified. That's no longer. And they no longer. Let's no longer remember. And, and therefore, I will divide uh, him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. He bore the sin of many, and he made uh, intercession for the transgressors. Do you know that Jesus right now is in heaven interceding for you? Interceding for you. Isaiah prophesied it, and Jesus, is, it says it's in Hebrews that he is on the throne of mercy, praying for you. To touch your chest right here, say, he's praying for me. He's praying for me. He's interceding for you. How can you lose? How can you fail when the almighty Son of God is interceding for you? Huh? Let's just close our eyes. We should say some things.
Say, Father, I see clearly. All these things are mine. I am a child of God because of the blood of Jesus. Healing belongs to me because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that peace is mine because of Jesus. Now, if you're having trouble saying that today, maybe you're not a child of God. So close your eyes again and look at your heart. Do you know Jesus as the Son of God? Do you know Him as Lord and Savior? Have you accepted Him? Accepted His sacrifice for you? Do you believe in your heart that He is a child of God? Will you lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor? I need to accept Jesus. I need to make Him Lord. I want to know Him. Maybe you're here today and you got saved a long time ago and maybe you need to do that U-turn. Maybe you need to come back. Recommit. Submit to Him. Say yes, sir, again to the King of glory, to the Father. If that's you today, will you lift your hand and say, I need to come back. I see that hand. Anybody else? The Lord said that, it says in, in Acts that he will no wise cast you out. If you come and, and, and give him your life back, he will accept you. He's not in the casting out business. He's in the accepting of a, of a heart that is given to him. That's you. Come on, lift your hand if you need to give him your heart today and recommit your life to him. Just lift your hand up. I see that hand. One more. This is how you do it. Let's pray together. Say, Father, I come today to give you my heart afresh and new. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus that accepts me for who I am and changes me into who I should be. Thank you, Father, for a new identity, that I'm a new creation, that I'm a child of God, cleansed, forgiven, made new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.